because there was a report that came out this week uh, in Washington Post, I believe, uh, suggesting that our prime minister has privately told NATO officials that, you know, Canada, that that two percent of GDP on defense spending. Yeah, Canada's never going to meet that. Uh, that's not going to happen. The Washington Post reported Wednesday that a secret Pentagon assessment, which was a part of, you remember the documents that were leaked? And, and, you know, the National Air Guardsman has been charged and all the rest of that stuff. Um, it's in those documents that says Canada's, quote, widespread military deficiencies are straining partner relationships and alliance contributions. Not what you want to hear in a leaked Pentagon document. So he was asked about it yesterday in Ottawa. Prime Minister asked, um, this 2%, is it true? Do you have no intention on ever actually meeting it, Mr. Prime Minister? I continue to say and will always say that Canada is a reliable partner to NATO, a reliable partner around the world, and uh, with our military investments, with the support we give to Canadians, we will uh, continue to be doing that. Now remember, the question was, uh, will we never meet the 2% spending document? That sounds a lot like a yes. Um, certainly was not a no, um, so make up your own interpretation of what he actually said. But let's get some insight from, because I've, I've read a lot of defense analysts saying, yeah, we kind of knew this. But let's find out. We're going to chat with Rob Hubert now, an associate professor who specializes in defense policy at the University of Calgary. But I understand he's currently in Greenland. Rob, are you in Greenland right now? Yeah, I'm in Nook. Uh, it's a conference, ironically enough, that's uh, looking at North American and uh, Greenland and uh, Danish security issues. So everything that you're talking about, uh, we're going to be discussing it. Perfect timing. Then tell me, uh, just before we get to the to the meat of the interview, what's it like in Greenland? I've always wondered. It seems like this really strange place. What's it like there? It's beautiful. Uh, I mean, uh, Nook, of course, the capital city, is right on the port. And so we're coming in up spring. Uh, to a certain degree, if you've been to some of the uh, coastal uh, cities in northern Canada, there are certain similarities in that. But, of course, 90% of Canadians haven't even been there. Right. Quite rocky. Very limited. Well, there's no vegetation. I mean, Greenland, of course, was uh, pretty good um, advertisement <laughs> in that context. <laughs> uh, not very green, uh, but uh, very colorful. Uh, the buildings are all very uh, brightly painted. Um, and it's just, a, it's got a very nice sort of small community feel to it. Interesting. I'll have to get there one day. Okay, to the matters at hand here. This announcement or this leaked document saying that Trudeau has privately told NATO allies that the 2% is never going to happen. Does that surprise you or is that what you were thinking anyway? No, it's, it's, it's not terribly surprising. I mean, everything that we've been seeing um, since uh, the government was elected, and, and to be fair, even with the preceding Harper government before, we've never come close. I mean, even though this 2% was agreed upon, this is a government agreed at a NATO uh, summit. I can't remember if it's the Warsaw or the Madrid summit, where everybody has to, you have to agree. No one's holding a gun to your right. head. You say, no, we have to do it. And we said, yeah, we can do, we can get to 2%. And the reality is the, the, the PBO, public, uh, uh, the uh, uh, um, budget office, public uh, budget office, did a study and said where we are right now, if we added 15 billions, a new 15 billion for five years, we would get up to the 2%. So in other words, when you look at the type of spending that we see the government do, uh, you know, provide for the last uh, 10 years, it's not an impossible number, but it's, you know, once again, we've seen a very lack of political will ever to get anything near where that, this promise is. That, that, that I think is the big point here when we talk about we're not going to get to the 2%. I don't know why anybody thinks we would, because like you say, I mean, we spent 1.29% of GDP last mm -hmm. year. 
which was actually down from the year before. We've never, never topped 1.4% going back about 25 years. I mean, it's never been a priority for this country. No, it hasn't. And, and I mean, once again, the fact that the Americans are concerned, as this leaked document um, goes to speak to, suggests there are some signs that we're at least getting serious in terms of preparation. Um, We're seeing, we have seen an increase in terms of some of our research and development, and that was announced uh, by the government to a lot of fanfare. And there, the, the military itself has been given a lot of plans and go ahead to start preparing. But once again, go back to the government's um, you know, announcements, the June announcement of NORAD spending mm-hmm. um, last year, $4.9 billion. Uh, Oh, yeah, by the way, that 4.9 really goes back to the 8.2 we announced in the budget. And we're really going to do a whole lot because if you listen to them carefully, where the real spending comes in is there's a six-year point and a 20-year point. And you're sitting there going, what? government really thinks that their successor is actually going to pay any attention to what they've said. So, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a Crimea um, in, in a very clear way. Um, I'll, we'll get to the, to the response and what we're hearing from some of our allies, which I think is very troubling. But yeah. we're not really an outlier when it comes to NATO. I think there's only, what, five or six that actually ever reached this goal. And, you know, we're, it's out of 30. So we're in pretty good company that most people don't ever get to this 2%. We're not an outlier in that way. No, we're not. We're not. And if you look at total amount spending, we're actually quite high. We're about sixth overall. And this is always the fallback is, hey, we're actually spending a fair amount in terms of absolutes. And, and once again, we, we have to acknowledge that. The problem is, though, is that it is this, this, this number, you know, almost takes on a mythical amount. First of all, it was a political promise. So you're breaking a promise. So that hurts the overall effect of sort of cohesion within the alliance. But second of all, you know, let's just get away from numbers for a moment. We look at the state of the Canadian military forces, and that's the troubling part. Yeah, yeah. I mean, got, remember, when Prime Minister Trudeau was elected, he became an instant air power expert. And remember what he was saying about the F-35 without any real basis of, um, you know, no one's been able to see, you know, what, what did he study it? Who was advising him? Who told him the F-35 was, was not as good as the F, uh, F-18, which, you know, is bizarre by any account. Um, but he said, oh, no, I know better, F, no F-35, which meant no, no, no aircraft. He promised the Navy was going to be at the forefront. We're still waiting to see the final go-ahead to cut steel for the replacement for the frigates. Um, you know, you go down the list, uh, no, no anti-air capabilities for our armed forces, even though we bought one really quickly for the Ukrainians, and that was good. But once again, certainly kind of would like to have it for your own uh, um, elements. So you go right down the list. And for the entire length of this government, with the exception of carrying on the program of building what the AOPS, those are the ice-capable patrol vessels that the Harper government started, that was followed through on. You can't find anything. And so the real troubling part is, okay, 2%, yes, you should be going. But the 2% is really a means to achieve that ability. And that's the part that's the most troubling. It's interesting because just, was it last month? Yeah, Joe Biden came last month and we had uh, reports beforehand, you know, that this was going to be part of what they talked about and, you know, North American security and NORAD and all the rest. And and we heard from an ambassador at the time saying, you know what? The conversation in Washington has shifted a little bit. Uh, We're feeling a little bit better about Canada's commitment to security because of some of the things you talked about. NORAD upgrades, F-35. So, um, (laughs) 
is it fair to say that we're taking some tiny steps forward here? But but like you say, a lot of this is just promises. So so where do you think that relationship, not only with the U.S., but NATO, generally speaking, how are we viewed? Are we seen as a reliable partner? Well, I think people will still, because of our legacy is so long. Once again, in Canada, we've created this false narrative that all we do is peacekeeping. Peacekeeping is important, mm-hmm. no question about it. But we're a warfighter. The reason we do peacekeeping so well is our troops are trained to the highest proficiency, and, and that reputation goes before us. So in other words, we've always had our politicians starve the military, but always demand the very best of the military, you know, in typical Canadian fashion. And our military, for the for the most part, has has performed admirably, and so everybody knows that. Everybody knows that we could possibly go isolationist. I mean, we could just rely on the United States to protect us and just say, you know, poo-paw to the rest of the world. So people appreciate that and see that as a bonus. But the political decisions, the the deceit, you know, that goes behind all of these promises. I mean, you know, Trudeau said, for, you know, when he announced the defense budget back in 2017, we're going to spend all this money, second term, but we're going to do it. Of course, we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're going to have all this new money for NORAD. Well, no, that was the money for everything that we announced. And so the problem is, is that there's this constant refusal to answer questions. You you played that clip where he just out and out, and, you know, lied to the, you know, in my view, to the reporter. The reporter asked him a straightforward question. Yes, no. Well, you know, I talk and talk and yeah. talk and talk. And, Don't answer and the question. Part that, yeah. And the real, the real killer here, right now, we've got good, you know, Biden tends to be some, you know, he's either neutral or sympathetic to Canada. I don't think we're first of mind for Biden, but the problem is, amongst some of the Republicans, um, there, is, there is a real sense of um, not to trust Canada. And so if you get one of the ones that are more extremist in their view, aligned with what I would say characterized the Trump vision, and we suspected the Santos and some of these others um, that may be at the forefront, uh, the so-called special relationship doesn't exist for them. It will be only, well, what does Canada do? And there won't be going back into the longstanding history and the means by which since 1940, when FDR and Mackenzie King uh, basically agreed to a commonality of the defense of North America, that won't matter. You know, these guys don't care about history. They don't care about facts, let's face it. But, I mean, you know, so that won't carry us. And Mm -hmm. so I think the real threat coming forward from a traditional Canadian defense requirement, which is to keep the Americans happy uh, in terms of North American defense. If, if in fact, there is real questions being raised in Washington that we're not doing that, that we're just simply talk, that's going to spill over into our economics. It's going to spill into all sorts of other bilateral relationship. And, and, and we forget the reason why we have the military and why the military is designed to fight is, in fact, that we face enemies. We don't like using those terms. That's very un-Canadian. But the reality is things could go bad with the Russians. You know, once again, people say, is, is that a high probability? Well, you know, it's a higher probability after they invaded into Ukraine, yeah. into Ukraine in 2014 than it was before, and definitely a higher probability once they intensify the war in 2022. And China, I mean, you look at, you read the open American literature, they're pretty convinced there is going to be a Chinese attack on Taiwan. And if they do that, they have to hit the American bases in Japan and the Americans have to be prepared, et cetera, et cetera. And it's hard to see Canada staying out of that. So, you know, first of all, are we keeping the Americans satisfied that we're not a weak link? 
And do we have the capability to engage if things go bad um, with either one of these enemies or even both at the same time? And that becomes the, the problem when we have a government that constantly is saying, yeah, well, just, just trust us. In, in six years, we're really going to put the, the rubber to the mat. Um, and, you know, once again, okay, you can excuse it the first time. But they said it in 2017. They then said it again in the budget of 2022. Now, once again, they are giving orders to tell the military and the research section of the military, yes, here are real monies to go plan and get going. But, and yes, we are getting the F-35. So mm-hmm. once again, there are some signs, but the real issue is, are we doing enough and have, you know, they've had enough time to prepare. That's sure the thing have. that's frustrating. Decades, decades, in fact, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Dr. Hubert, thank you as always. Great insight. I really appreciate it.